Hello and welcome to the Untranslatable Podcast. Today we are here recording episode uh, 86, our travel fears, and I will also be discussing how to overcome some of our travel fears. So this episode is perfect for you if you are thinking of that new travel destination, you just have that feeling inside you that might be holding you back. Oh, what if I get something stolen? Or, oh, I don't know if I have enough money. Or, mm, is it really worth the eight-hour plane trip all the way over there? Or, man, I've never traveled somewhere solo before. I'm not sure if I can handle all that pressure um, being there by myself, having to make all of the decisions and talking to all these random people. So we are here today to help you hopefully overcome some of your travel fears and bring some light to some of ours as well. Um, so hopefully all of you will feel happy and ready to travel after this episode, and we are looking forward to it. So without further ado, my good buddy Jared, my travel companion Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hey there. Sounds like you have a straight line to everything that runs through my brain, essentially on a daily basis. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, man. But please, everyone. Spread a little love. Follow us on Instagram, Untranslatable Podcast. Uh, Twitter, Untranslatable One, the number one. Uh, for example, today I posted uh, our episode, well, this is uh, breaking the fourth wall. Today I posted our uh, episode 80, uh, 85 about body language, and I also reposted the hilarious picture of uh, a video of uh, George W. Bush dodging shoes. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> or you could um, email us, untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com, slide into all of those DMs and email inboxes and give us topic ideas, your untranslatables. Tell us about some travel fears you have, whether you've overcome them or not. Uh, I haven't overcome some of mine. Some of mine I think I have. Um, or, you know, you could tell us you love us uh, on iTunes and Stitcher and give us five-star reviews. Pleasure. Uh, that would be great. Uh, I want to give start off by giving some props to you. So uh, I had piano lessons yesterday, and... Um, you know, I was talking, first of all, so, you know, I gave uh, my piano teacher a picture of Joanna and I, I framed it for her and I gave her, you know, with the, um, with the, the CD that Joanna gave me to give my piano teacher, I gave her a picture of her and I, she loves it. Mm -hmm. right. uh, yesterday she was telling me how every time like people are at her house, she, she can't help but bring it up and talk about it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Uh, and then the piano lessons last week, she's not even kidding, by the way, I a hundred percent believe her piano lessons last week. Uh, she had a student come in right after me, and she's like, Dahlia, she's in her 70s, that's why her name's Dahlia. Uh, right. She's like, Dahlia, um, th this is Jared. And she's like, oh, oh, you're Jared. Oh, and I yes. Was like, <laughs> yes. And she's like, I've heard so much about you. And I was like, oh, okay, nah, nice to meet you. That's uh, great. It's nice, feels nice, also makes me feel a little uncomfortable. But um, I brought this up to <laughs> say that um, it, uh, she, she uh, I, so we were talking about something yesterday. Oh, we were talking about the connection between learning a language and uh, learning an uh, instrument because I talked about how you and I talk about that. Much like she always talks about me, you always somehow manage to come up in my piano lessons. I'm and okay with so that. It came to the, the point where I was like, damn it, I guess I should probably mention, in my head this was happening, I was like, damn it, I should probably mention uh, jam track number four because I happen to have right. it on my phone. And so I brought it up to her and I played it for her. And she was like, oh, this is you playing? I was like, yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> nice. and uh, she she thought it was great. Obviously, I told her that you laid down the, the guitar and drum part. And I told her that you uh, gave me some critiques. And she's, she's like, what kind of critiques did, did he give? And I said, well, he said that 
uh, at the beginning, I should establish the uh, melody quicker because I, I do that little short bit. And then I should also play around more with uh, inversions. And also I should uh, play around more with sequencing, sequencing up and down and repeating, uh, sim- coming back to similar melodies. She's like, yeah, I agree with all of that. Those are all great points. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I would have said too. And uh, and yeah, she, uh, she essentially wanted me to say that uh, – she wanted me to tell you that you did a great job and that she ap- agrees with all of your uh, critiques. That's and, awesome. Uh, and to keep challenging me. Sweet. I, dude, I love your piano teacher already and I've never <laughs> met her before. That's great. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. You know, though, she is 100% right, though, I think. There are so many connections with learning a language and learning an instrument. And that might be fun to explore on a podcast episode, too, in the near future. Yeah, uh, yeah. I we've been like... having ideas come out the wazoo the last few days. <laughs> I know. So for I all know, of our crazy. listeners out there, we'll be having some really interesting stuff coming your way in the near future, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's great, man. Um, so did you, like, actually play anything on the piano related to i like how we're calling it jam track number four um <laughs> this is, uh no i didn't although um um i have to assume that one of the assignments she gave me had something to do with what i played for because there was um one of the things part of what i'm learning is um is what is it called when is a block chording where where they don't actually write the bass chord or or like the chord they just write like you know one four or or yeah, five yeah. seven at the top yep. or whatever mm-hmm. I'm working on reading that and um and so there was one sort of I have like a lesson book kind of thing and there mm-hmm. was one where they gave me simple sort of block chords or it's like one four five seven one and it's simple right. and she said all right now There's you know your do blues that. progression right there. Yep. She said, do that. But then after you've got that, because you should get that pretty quickly, um, mm-hmm. improvise and, and make your own using their like using their uh, using their block chords, uh, make your own melody out of it. And so I feel like she only wrote that down because I had like 10 minutes beforehand just played her jam, jam track number four. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm getting challenged both ways. That's great. And hey, mm-hmm. that's a that's a really important thing in life and travel. Everything you gotta gotta be challenged. Gotta get out of your comfort zone. And I remember not to put you on blast on the podcast, Jared, but I remember um, you know suggesting the idea of us jamming. And I could tell you were a little uncomfortable with the idea. Is that is that a fair that's, assessment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think I think you did great, and uh, you took it in stride. And uh, I I think you should be really proud of it. Um, I'm yeah, not I, trying to I guess toot your own horn too much, it, but it just it you should just, be. <laughs> it, yeah, it just seems like I I struggle to get past like I, what I consider to be rudimentary uh, uh, melodies, but I feel like no matter what I do, like I I also kind of have the mindset that's also always telling me that like that's eh, not that good, and also. Because you know you, you like you learned how to essentially jam before you even learned how to read music properly. Yep. 100%. So um, so you're like it, it's way more natural for you, and you're used to jamming with people that are on your level, and I'm nowhere close to your level, and so it, it is a little uh, intimidating. But to see, like play I've... something that I know is not is, like you could do much better, and I'm like, what do you think of my quarter notes? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great! That needs to be a drop right there. What do you think of my quarter notes? Oh, that's too funny. That's like uh, that's like the SpongeBob uh, episode where he's like, but I'm a good noodle. I'm a good noodle. That's what that reminded me of. Um, I don't think. But see, here's the thing about jamming. I don't think it has anything to do with level because the first people that I jammed with were, this is going to sound really weird, I guess, but like 
like old dudes who are usually like my friend's dads who were mm-hmm. killer guitar players and could play all sorts of crazy stuff. And that's how I learned a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, some of the first finger style guitar playing I learned was from a couple of my friend's dads who were fantastic guitar players. And my neighbor um, at my parents' house, he had this old classical guitar. And I remember walking around outside and I could hear somebody playing guitar and singing. I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? (laughs) And, you know, he'd be like kind of out in their backyard where they have like this really nice tree and a bench there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, we would play a little bit. And he just knew song after song after song. It was unreal. And that's the other thing. Um, I've been doing a lot of music theory stuff lately. Um, I found a couple really cool um, guitar podcasts I've been listening to. And one of them's called... um, I think just guitar theory is what it's called. And this guy just keeps mentioning that you can learn all the theory in the world, but if you don't have songs or write your own music to apply it to, mm-hmm. it's irrelevant. And that's kind of like how if you learn a language, if all you do is sit there and read books or, or do grammar drills or something, you're never going to be able to actually really put it together. Right, um, right. Yeah, there's so, another yeah. connection right there. Yeah. There, see? There, there, there's tons of them, tons and tons of them. Yeah, um, and, and I'm definitely trying to, not only to be a better improviser, but just when I play in front of people in general, like I get that, I get, I get that anxiety. And even sure. in front of my piano teacher sometimes, where especially, especially where it's like, you know, I had all week to prepare the stuff that I, you know, the stuff that she gave me or whatever. And then I don't want to come back and mess it up and and make her think that like you know what was he doing all week or like did he even practice right and and she, and she always tries to remind me she's like um sorry she's like you're the uh, she's like I'm the um like the last person that you should be uncomfortable to play around like I like right. you, this is what you're here for is, is for this exactly like, I get that it's just I don't I like I I feel like I'm wasting everyone's time if I come to the lesson and I'm just messing up. Right. But see, you're you're the type of student I would rather have. I would rather have a student that um, cares about it. You mm-hmm. know, I can tell you care about it, and that's why you get a little anxious. Um, and the other thing, like you mentioned earlier, too, I wanted to uh, bring this back, was that you said, you know, when you improvise or when you write something, you think, well, uh, it's it's not that great. I would rather have a student that was learning and thought it wasn't that great than a student that was had such a big ego and thought they were like the shit. Because, you know, I've had students before um, that are like that. And actually, not even, this wasn't even a guitar student of mine, but uh, I was playing table tennis with my niece last summer before I left for the Czech Republic. And she said, Uncle Chad, what would you what would you rate my my table tennis skills at? And, you know, she's, she's actually been learning and she's getting pretty good. But... Um, She's an only child, kind of like how I was, and only mm-hmm. children tend to get a little over-encouraged, over-pampered by their parents sometimes. I was lucky with my dad. He only gave me compliments really when I 100% earned them. My mom, on the other hand, probably was much more <laughs> nice and encouraging about things. Not that my dad was nice, but, that. Right. but anyways, you know, and I, I kind of... I saw my niece slowly getting into 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 ego land, and I needed mm-hmm. to kind of bring her down a little bit. She was like, on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate my playing? And I was like, well, Kennedy, you're you're learning and you're improving, but um, right now I'd give you a six or a seven. And she was kind of offended by it. And then I explained <laughs> to her, I said, look, when we play, if I you know hit a shot to your backhand, you can't return it, or if you do, you, you know, you pop it up. And if I was 
actually playing you seriously, I would smash that that ping pong ball right into the table and it'd be game over. <laughs> that would be hilarious to watch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not one of Boom. those crazy, crazy uncles like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, love, I love my niece and I just want her to uh, to enjoy the game and improve. But I think if you have like this convoluted idea of yourself as a musician or a language learner or whatever, sometimes somebody has to bring you back to earth a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, I have a cousin... Uh, he's like six years younger than me and I used to, they used to live in, or they still do. They lived in Texas and I used to go there every summer when I was younger and, um, you know, I'd hang out with him and stuff and we would play, he's a big sports person. Mm -hmm. And so we would play basketball and soccer and stuff together. And, um, you know, I'm six years older than them. I don't have to be that good to beat them at all those things. Right. Right. (laughs) And he, he would get so frustrated. And there was one time we were playing basketball and like, um, and and I was beating him because I'm better than him. <laughs> <laughs> and he started like pushing me around and like hitting me, and uh, and so like uh, your boy got a little hard on him. <laughs> yes. and, and then he went crying to his mom, and uh, and his mom like stood stu- stood up for him. And I was like, like he needs to like he needs to like he needs to be humbled. Like right. like he can't handle. Like it's not like I was killing him out there. Like I'm not. Right. Like it's not Kobe versus I'm my just grandma out there. On him. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm not that good. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, he needs to be humbled. I was like, right. Oh, I, I, didn't, sure. I don't know if I said it like that, but I, w- I did kind of say something like that. I was like, it was like he's he's getting too aggressive just because he's not winning. And right. I was like, it's it's. I was like, he can't live like this. Right. Um, and you know what? Look, it's good to be competitive and want to win, but the reality is you're never going to win all the time. Right. That's not how life works. So yeah. Right. And he he's you know he he's always been very good in comparison to like his classmates as far as sports go. But he's right. an only child, so he's uh-huh, not he doesn't have any go. you know he doesn't have any older siblings to humble him. And that's where I come in. <laughs> right. Right. And see, I was I was lucky. I got a lot of humbling from my dad. You know, yeah, I could play sports, especially table tennis. You know. Right. Um, I mean, I think. Collectively, I would I would guess I've played him over a thousand times within my life. Mm-hmm. I've beaten him three times, <laughs> three times, man. And all three were really lucky, like beat him by two points at the end of the game, kind of right. thing. Never yeah. like a, you know. And and even even now, um, I think even though you know he's 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 getting older, so he's slowing down a little bit. I still think he has so many tricks up his sleeve. It's going to be at least another eight, nine years before I can probably really actually beat him. Um, you have to wait till he's like bedridden. <laughs> right. And, and it's still a close match. Up and he's still playing, <laughs> still just whipping me. Yeah, I, I got humbled it. a lot, uh, especially in sports by my sister, because she um, is four years older than me, which is the perfect gap to where like by the time I can actually start beating her and stuff, she's like graduating high school. Right. And I'm like starting high school. And it's like, oh, it's too late now. <laughs> right now, I'm on my own. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's I definitely good, got a It's lot good of to have that humbling, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. I think today, uh, talking about some of our travel travel fears, uh, I think being humbled is also definitely a part of that. But yeah, before we get sure. to that, Jared, I think it's time that we uh, spread a little love. I'm with you. I'm with That's you. That's right. Uh, so go ahead. So my first one goes out to a couple different people. My first one goes out to the music legend, uh, Johnny Cash. One, because he's an amazing musician. But number two, I don't know if you've heard about this, but Johnny Cash will actually be uh, replacing 
um, a few different um, old Civil War, aka Confederate generals, I believe. Um, where is this at? I'm trying to find it now. Um, which state it's in. Oh, I didn't even know see. Johnny Cash was still alive. To be honest oh, on Capitol Hill. There you go. No, he's not alive. Oh, okay. No, he's not alive. He died a few years ago. But yeah, so uh, so basically what's really great is Arkansas Governor um, Asa Hutchinson, uh, Hutchinson sorry, signed a bill that came into a law that replaces two of the statues of the 19th century figures at the U.S. Capitol, statues of civil rights leader... Uh, with actually, sorry, there's the so Johnny Cash will be replacing one, and then civil civil rights leader Daisy Lee Gatson Bates mm-hmm. um, will be replacing the Confederate uh, generals or Confederate statues um, in, on Capitol Hill in Little Rock. So I think that's amazing. I think that's great. Uh, yeah, you know, for for all the people out there who say. Oh, Southern pride and blah, 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 to have these statues up of Confederate monuments. All I can say to them is, I don't know why you need monuments of losers to a war. Ooh, shots fired. Shots I'm going fire. <laughs> I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going I'm for with it. you. And then the people that, there are also people that are like, oh, it's it's history. Like, um, it's like, you can't, you can't get rid of history. And I just find the irony in that. It's like, you guys aren't even properly teaching the history. And it's like, right. yet, it's like, this is not, it's what I don't understand. I just didn't understand the logic. And I think that's great. I sent you a picture earlier today of uh, some guy's pickup truck. And by the way, I live in Pennsylvania, one of the original northern states. Right. Um, and he had a whole bunch of stickers on his car talking about like redneck and like, uh, come take it. And it was like a picture of a uh, Confederate flag. And he had two Confederate flags on the back of his truck, one on the side. And then truck nuts on the back and then he was driving a dodge ram and on the front license plate area we don't have front license plates he had a uh a dodge logo with like the confederate flag excuse me a ram logo with like the confederate flag like within it (laughs) It oh god crazy this dude like i I, like okay there's one thing to i don't even know i I was gonna say there's one thing i I was gonna say there's one thing to what there's no excuse i don't (laughs) i I have no excuse this This dude's like truck was a shrine to it and it's like it's just the irony that you're in a state where uh, they actively fought against that. Right. Oh, for sure. So big, big shout out, big ups and a lot of love to um, our, our representative um, Governor um, Hutchinson that uh, has now replaced the Confederate statues with Johnny Cash and yeah. also with um, Daisy Lee Gatson Bates, who was also an integral part of... Um, basically, uh, starting with desegregation of schools in Arkansas. Um, so that's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely glad, you know, even though I'm glad they're taking it down or replacing it with something, I'm definitely glad that they threw in, uh, an actual civil rights, uh, you know, activist and not just, as uh, they should, not just a musician. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so I have a sad shout out, I guess, um, Oh, well, uh, uh, that was an accident. I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to try to do something stupid, but I'm not even going to bother. Um, so Notre Dame, there is a fire at the famous Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it's a it was it's hard to watch. I have a picture of it here on my in my notes. And it's just it's weird to look at. You know, yeah, it's, it it's something that's been an icon of Paris for so long. I mean, it's not destroyed and they will rebuild it. But um 
it, it, there's something about the the historical value of of, of something so old like that. But I, you know, right. I tried to look at it kind of on the bright side. Is that like you know we're we're living. You know, this church was made a long time ago. I don't know exactly when, but a long time ago, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, just because we're looking at it as a historical monument now doesn't mean that we're not still, like, living. Like, it's still not a, a – it's still a living building. And right. um, there have been many historical, you know, famous historical buildings over time that have been destroyed, bombed, burned down, that have been uh, rebuilt. And, like, for example, when we were in Berlin, we saw a church in Berlin that was bombed during the war that they didn't even uh, re- renovate, just had a giant hole in it from a, a bomb from World War II. And As a I, reminder. I, exactly. Do you remember the name of that church, by the way? Not, not at all, no. Uh, Kaiser Wilhelm's Gedächtniskirche. Okay, okay, that makes sense because Gedächtnis mm. is like remembrance or yeah, memory. remembrance, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and because right next to it was that super modern church uh, mm-hmm. uh, that looked very, yeah, very modern. But yeah, so like, even though it's a sad thing to see something burn that you want to be preserved, it's like, well, this is now, like, we're now living in in like in a historical moment. Like, this will be talked about for decades and centuries, and and this will now be, you know, in 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 twenty. In 2300, when people are going on tours <laughs> and looking at this church, they'll talk about how in 2019 it burned down and 20 years later or whatever, it was rebuilt. And uh, and so it is sad to see. And, you know, obviously you want to preserve it as much as possible. But I also think that it is, you know, this is how history works and this is how the world works in a weird way. Um, but, yeah, it was rough to see. What was even rougher to see? Was everyone's Instagram and Twitter feeds? Yeah, because it did somehow yep. turn into a brag fest about the time that someone was <laughs> someone was in Paris. Right, and I refused. <laughs> I, ref- I I have pictures of it. I, I visited Notre Dame as well, and I refused to post one on that merit. It was, and I have a friend here. Um, I guess a little, little mini shout out to my buddy Alex here in Prague. Um, you met Alex, uh, great guy. Oh, yeah, him and Usudu. Uh, Mm -hmm. But Alex actually posted something on his Facebook along the lines of, this is just become an excuse for people to post their pictures of their trip to Paris (laughs) that nobody wanted to see in the first place, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it is tragic, though. I've seen a lot of Paris pictures, and it's like, yeah, uh, it's almost, yeah, it's like, there was a funny, um, oh, man, I wish I could, actually, I probably can't find it because I texted someone. There was a funny Onion article. The Onion is uh, ruthless. They, oh, they, uh, are. <laughs> they are. They uh, they tweeted or is it on Instagram? Notre uh, Notre Dame gargoyle going to stay uh, stay uh, stay as still as possible until arson investigator investigator is gone. <laughs> oh, right, right. I had, I had another friend that said uh, those gargoyles need to stop smoking joints on the roof of the <laughs> of the building or something crazy. Yeah, so people definitely have taken an opportunity to make this. I mean, well, with every tragedy, I think people try to make humor out of it, you know? I think that's kind of a normal thing. The other thing, though, that I think is a little sad about this, yes, it is tragic that that super historical and important building in Paris, um, Notre Dame, has, you know, burnt down and been somewhat destroyed. But I think this also shows you where the world's priorities are. There have been billionaires and millionaires just throwing, donating tons of money to to rebuild it, right? In in a matter yep. of days, I thought I read somewhere around it was at almost somewhere like 500 million, right? Jeez, how much do they need? <laughs> well, I I have no idea, but here's the thing though. Imagine if those millionaires and billionaires tossed their money at other problems we have in the world and how quickly some of those could be solved. 
Right. We right. still don't have clean water in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. How's Five Puerto Rico years later. Doing? Yeah. Puerto Rico's not doing great. You know, there's there's famine, I'm pretty sure, in Yemen. There's mm-hmm. all these different things going on. And it and it sadly shows you how Eurocentric a lot of the Western world is. Right. I would say, especially I mean, how many people do you know that that will romanticize uh Paris? When it's like, oh, where are you going in Europe? So many people are like, oh, you have to go to Paris, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, so it's just interesting. Um, but yeah. yeah, it is a tragic, tragic thing, and it is it is good that people are trying to donate and rebuild. Um, but nonetheless, I digress. Anyways, yeah, I have a shout out going out to Guinness because the Guinness, beer or the world record company, uh, the beer. Thank you. Okay. That's a very good <laughs> distinction here. Guinness will stop using plastic in beer multi-packs now they will start excuse me they will start using um biodegradable cardboard Mm. for their um you know for their four packs um and other packs of beer now it will be starting in ireland in august and then they will be introduced in britain and other markets starting summer of 2020 but i think it's absolutely fantastic because we've all seen the, the the videos and the pictures of wildlife that has gotten caught up in plastic and Mm -hmm. you know either they grow and they have you know severe deformities or or they end up dead or whatever so i think it's great that guinness is um doing this it's very environmentally conscious and i hope other um breweries and other beer companies and also coca-cola companies uh, um i want to say pop but to all of our listeners out there soda (laughs) companies um that feels so wrong to say uh soda companies out there will also follow myself so right sounds right to me as a midwesterner and you know spent what 25 of my 27 years in michigan pop is pop is what i say it's in my blood (laughs) yeah i mean as someone that you know spent most of my life in michigan too i i often got called out for like for saying soda and it's like i don't know it's just it just happened this way (laughs) right right he's Uh, one of those guys (laughs) (laughs) at least i'm not saying like a cold drink or coke for everything which is what all my family says in the south right everything's a coke or or they say cold drink right (laughs) yeah crazy Um, but yeah no that's good i like it's good to see the steps being taken uh especially for someone like me that lives in philadelphia it's a it's a it's a wasteland of, of pollution here. Uh, but anyway, let's let's turn this positivity train around with some untranslatables. I have some special ones for us today, Jared. Oh, okay. I tried to find some that were loosely related to uh, our topic today. I always try to do that, but sometimes to no avail. Sometimes there's just nothing that really fits with it, or I just find really cool ones that I want to use anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I'll start us off uh, with a German one. And I'm, I'm pretty sure we have not used this one before. So here it goes. The uh, term is Schilderwald. Uh, well, Wald is forest. Mm-hmm. Schild, Schilder. Schild. Huh. What is that? It's like a sign, a street sign. Oh, okay. Sign forest? Uh-huh. Hmm. Is that, is that like the middle of nowhere? Is that like saying uh, BFE, as we would say? No, it's it's the opposite. Oh, oh, it's like the like a busy area, me- metropolis. Well, so oh, imagine, I, I get yeah. it. It's, so it's like a forest filled with signs, and oh, it's almost like a like Times Square or something like that will be a Schilderwald. 
Right, exactly. Basically, the basically it's a street crowded with so many road signs that you become lost. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should have lost. Oh man, yeah. Uh, okay, my first one is Swedish, and it's Finsdet Hijar Hijer Terum Sa Finsdet Stiger Terum. Okay, okay. Where there's heart space, there's butt space. Now, I don't know if the Swedes are into the ghetto booties. I'm thinking maybe not, so that probably doesn't have to do with this one. Um, hmm. Where there's heart space, there's butt space. Yeah. If you love me, you would let me... No, I'm kidding. That's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Okay, interesting. Huh. Um, if there's heart space, there's butt space. I'm hoping if I just keep repeating it, somehow it will magically get into my um, brain. So think about it. Specifically think about the word space. You know, there's... Think about um, about what they're saying. Like they're saying, if there's space here, then there's space there. So is it like, hmm, hmm? Is it? I have no idea. Is it kind of like there? There's always room for more. The more, the merrier. Yeah. There we go. Ooh. All right. Yeah. All right. It's a, yeah. Uh, it's a nice way of saying there's always room for one more as long as everyone is friendly. Uh, or you can use it to mean uh, like you want to fit somewhere on like a you know like a, people are jammed on a sofa or something like, like that. Like squeeze them in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I also love the term uh, the the more the merrier. Yeah, I love that term in English. I think that's yeah, that a great one gets one. a lot of use here. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I think you about to All say right. you love the term butt space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do as well. That's also a pretty good one. All right, Jared. My next one for you is Japanese. Okay, and it is yoko meshi. Which uh, it literally means a meal eaten sideways. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Oh, dead air. I, I you you've stumped me on this one. This one's a good one. So I'll tell you, Jared. When I first moved to the Czech Republic, sometimes when I would go out in public, I felt like uh, I was experiencing a meal eaten sideways. Oh, oh, you like a oh, everyone's looking at you weird? Or you Nope. Nope. Experience. So to, this also kind of has to do with so you, you you eat a meal with your mouth. Uh-huh. So it has something to do with that kind of. Like you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb or something like that? Nope. Nope. Okay. So so how was my check when I first moved here, Jared? Uh not good. How's my check now? Better than that. Be- better, but also <laughs> not great. Not great. Um, definitely not. So, oh, but it's like you I've... can't make a sentence essentially, or like you can't communicate. Mm, uh, kind of. It it refers more to. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna just tell you Please. what it is. It refers to the peculiar stress induced by speaking a foreign language. Oh. So when I first came here, a lot of times I would get super anxious about even the smallest language interaction because mm-hmm. you know n- now it doesn't phase me at all it doesn't really matter um but uh yeah so meal eaten sideways okay yeah you don't have to use that one anymore well i'm sure i you still sometimes I still do it. i definitely <laughs> do <laughs> uh my next one is spanish specifically from uh panama mm-hmm. and it's te estoy reventando can you say that one more time te T-E is te. Uh-huh. Te estoy reventando. Reventando. That's better. And what does that mean? I am blowing you up. Blowing you up. 
Is that like your? Is that like we say in English? You're buttering someone up? No, 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 no. Uh, although that, that's a good guess. Now that I think, I, yeah, I never thought about it because I know what the answer is. But that's a good guess. Um, I often, I, I, I love blowing you up, um, especially when it comes to. Oh, is that say- just when you're roasting somebody? <laughs> 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 oh, that was too easy. Oh, that's funny. He has to make fun of someone. <laughs> okay. Yeah? I did not it's, think that that would be that easy. <laughs> right. Was, I knew I think immediately I need to reevaluate said that. Uh, right. by my, <laughs> some of my actions. <laughs> which, which is funny, though. Uh, uh, one of our listeners, Ashley, mentioned she loves the fact that you roast me. So apparently our listeners enjoy <laughs> right, it. So keep great. it up, buddy. <laughs> you betcha. Uh, I got to uh, learn to not be so damn sensitive all the time. So it's no, good for not. me as well. At least you don't seem to outwardly be. Maybe after these episodes, you just curse me out every, every That's right. day. That's right. <laughs> F this guy. He's blowing me up all the time. That's right. When I come onto the podcast, I feel, uh, I feel like a Yoko Meshi uh, from, from your, uh, uh, your roasts. No, oh my not really. Gosh. Not really. Okay. So my last one for you today, Jared, is check. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. I didn't run out of them. Not yet. We'll see. Um, and it is Zustava Rosumstat, which means to leave your reason standing. Hmm. By the way, I think you can I think you can make it. We've you've got what two, two more months? Yep. I think I so. I think you can make it. That's crazy. Two more months. It's been eight months since you've been there. Yeah. Uh how long have we been doing this podcast? <laughs> I think it's, nine months, like ten months. Nine or ten months. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um what can you give me the English one again? Sorry. Yeah, leave your reason standing. Zustava rosum stat. Uh, or is it like, like you're just making excuses? Mm-mm. Hmm. To leave your reason standing, Jared, is... Let me try to give you an example without it being a dead giveaway. Um, to leave your reason standing would be like if... If we go, if we go order something at a Czech restaurant while you and Don were here, right? Mm-hmm. We order something. It's clear, clear the, the waitress... Um, you know, understood what we wanted. Then she like brings us something, you know, completely different. And we're just standing there. Oh, like dumbfounded almost. Yeah. Basically dumbfounded. Flabbergasted. Or, like, or not, not necessarily. That's a little well, too much, isn't it? Kind of, kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> basically like, yeah. When something's like flipped all the way around and you're just kind of like, what? Okay. Okay. Yeah. To leave your reason standing. Basically like you don't under like, you're like, how did this happen? Right, kind of thing. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. how did how did we get to this? Because I, I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of like right. <laughs> speaking of roasting you, sort of like when uh, I recommend a topic and then the next day you you say uh, you recommend a completely different one, and I was like, I thought we just agreed to something yesterday. <laughs> oh, that would have been a great example, right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, that would have been a great example. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I exactly. like that one. That's a good one. I have to say, man, I've been enjoying learning a lot of these Czech ones. Sadly, I have not really been able to apply them in my you know, speech when I'm talking to Czech people because it would right. probably be just so out of the blue. They'd just be like, what? But uh, it's still fun to learn and it gives you an, an interesting insight into languages and culture, which is why we love to do this. And we hope mm-hmm. all of our listeners out there have been enjoying all of these random untranslatables and also, our, um, you know, putting ourselves out there and trying to speak languages where we have no idea how to actually pronounce anything. Yes, yes. Thank you all for uh, being so polite and not uh, roasting us for our, uh, not uh, blowing us up for our terrible pronunciations. That's and right. And soon, when you're in your, wherever your new place will be after Czech Republic, we'll have to switch to um, wherever that is. I mean, I don't know where it's going to be, but we'll have to switch to 
new new blah 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 word of the day uh, and oh, a we new will. uh new untranslatables. So I'll we be excited. Definitely will. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Jared, uh, another big thing about doing these untranslatables is our hope that this will inspire our listeners to want to explore new cultures. And a big part of that is traveling. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when we want to travel places, we may have that voice in our head that maybe stops us from traveling. There can obviously be other restrictions as well, whether it's financial, time. Um, maybe you have never traveled solo before and you're terrified of the thought of going solo. So I think it's time that we discuss some of our travel fears and other common travel fears and give some tips and ideas maybe how we can overcome them. Uh, and if it's all right with you, I would like to start. Can I guess some of your travel fears? <laughs> sure. You betcha. <laughs> you sounded super excited about that. So we get it right. That's the only thing. <laughs> right. So so this one is kind of kind of I'm cheating a little bit because we've talked about this. And I think mm-hmm. your number one travel fear is you're not afraid to travel solo, but I think you're afraid of traveling solo and you're I I I know you really well and I think you're a great guy. Um, but I think you aren't always super outgoing and willing to just talk to anybody. Right. So I think one of your travel fears might be going somewhere solo and worrying that your trip might not be great because you're not as willing to be open and outgoing and just talk to anyone. Am I right? That's definitely one of my biggest uh, one of my biggest ones. I um, I've for a couple of years now, essentially since I've been out of college. I've been telling myself that uh, I'm going to do a solo trip, uh, probably to Europe, or maybe not. Who knows? At uh, at some point, and that was honestly sort of my goal for my first, my first, you know, post college Euro trip. Granted, I didn't know we'd be right. doing a podcast together at the time. I didn't know right. you'd be in Czech Republic at the time. Sure. Uh, so there were some different uh, situations that made me, you know, want to change that. Mm-hmm. But I still do really want to do that. I want to. Um, go somewhere on my own. And that is a big fear because as you mentioned, it's not the physical getting there that's the pro- that um, makes me nervous and I'm not even really nervous about being in a new environment. It's more right. nervous that I'm wasting a trip, you know, where it's right. like I you know, I'll tell myself, for example, uh, you know, as I'm sure if anyone's listened to any podcast other than this one, they know that I've recently got laid off and um a bunch of people, both my parents, my friend Brad, uh, some people that I've been talking to, uh, have mentioned to me, you know, reach out to old 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 coworkers, reach out to your old bosses, mm-hmm. and just you know, just they don't have to you know have a, quote, a specific job for you or anything, but just you know, just just reach out to them and talk to them, and and so they'll keep you in mind, and so maybe they know people, all that sort of networking right. stuff. Sure. And uh, one of the people is my. Ex boss, not the one that got, uh, not 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 the one that was there. I they had a just boss, got canned, right? There, I had a one before that that left like a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and uh, he lives in North Carolina now. And uh, my parents and you know everyone's telling me, hey, have you talked to uh, have you talked to your old boss? Have you called him? And I was like, I was like, no, I was like, I can't, like I can't bring myself to do it. It just it, there's something about the. Um, about like the the ego and the pride that doesn't you know mm-hmm. it almost feels like I'm just like you know crawling to her or something I don't know, but it, it it's it's just that sort of that sort of same mentality, in in most situations I'm in that stop me from um, from from reaching out to people and I even think about that here you know, like here right. in in Philly where I live I, like I've lived here for um, four years almost, and I've never I've never like really done that before I've never. 
you know, been at a bar and been like, oh, and struck up a conversation unless I'm, you know, I, I don't know. I've just never done that. Right. Right. The, the only time I can recall is when I challenged you to do it, you know. And I still do that. I actually have 20 episodes. <laughs> well, well, no. Yeah. Well, you, you didn't go to the bar, but you did strike up some conversations at that party you went to. Oh yeah, right. That's so right. you ca- yeah. you did that. You did it's that. A little different though. I mean, right. I mean that was I was with a, a lady friend, so I, you right. know, it was a little different. I, I de- and and see that's the exact point is if I'm like in an environment where I'm with someone or like where I can have some sort of icebreaker, mm-hmm. um, whether you know, then it's easier. But that that really is a concern to me, and that's honestly even more than the financial part of it. I think that's stopping me. Where it's like I don't want to go somewhere. And just wander around by myself for the whole time. Obviously, I want to do that as well. Right. But I, I want to have one of those Don vacations, you know, where where uh, he can't help but strike up a conversation with anyone within right. arm's reach of him. <laughs> right. And I, I would even have to... Well, first of all, for all of our listeners out there, give a listen to that episode because Don has a lot of great travel advice, how mm-hmm. to make friends, a lot of really good content uh, coming from our social media influencer slash ambassador, um, which is fantastic. But I think... The thing that that um, about traveling solo too is, yeah, you you have to be outgoing if unless you want to be by yourself and isolated the whole time for sure. But I think there's also a lot of learning that you do about yourself and and about other things when you do travel alone. You know, right? And I know you you're a, you're a very uh, intelligent, resourceful. Feel weird saying this, but uh, intelligent, <laughs> resourceful young man. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not lying. Um, but but I think that for you, I could see you going somewhere, and maybe you know getting out of your shell and talking to some people, but also having a great time doing f- a fair amount of exploring on your own mm-hmm. and checking out stuff and having a blast. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not afraid to get lost. And and as right. far as like the exploring part of it, that part, I feel like I got that down on down that down pretty well. Where I'm happy right. to just go full maps off in a lot of situations. Right. And that's a big travel fear I think many people struggle with is the fear of getting lost. But I think once you've traveled, especially traveled abroad and you've gotten lost before, whether I think getting lost is far more terrifying when you're alone than with mm-hmm. friends. With friends, it becomes more of an adventure. Right. I think, excuse me, if you're a more seasoned traveler, um, I think then you can definitely get lost by yourself and not freak out. There have been a few times where I've gotten lost a few places um, here. And uh, like one time it was maybe my second or third week here. And uh, I was riding my bike home um, and it was like dark. And I went the wrong way and I like kept going. And I was like, wait, this isn't right. I think (laughs) me a few years ago probably would have freaked out. but, you know, I, uh, I kept my cool, which is really important whenever you travel solo in general, but also if you get lost. I think the biggest thing is people tend to panic. Right. When you panic, you can't think properly. You just, mm-hmm. you can't. You know, mm-hmm. you have a bajillion thoughts go- racing through your mind. You can't do it. And so I kept calm and just was like, all right, I didn't know Komuto very well. So I was like, all right, I need to find, um, what was it? There was, uh, there's this like really high building that if I can see that, I can kind of see where my apartment is, and that's how I found my way home. So landmarks are also a great thing to try to remember when you travel, either with friends or solo, um, so it can kind of reduce the anxiety when you get lost. Another story, I don't know if I told you this uh, when we recorded our last episode, but I went and I had a really lovely dinner 
um, and just a really great conversation with my with my mentor slash supervisor and her mom mm. uh, last week. And I took the bus to her place, and she lives in the next village over called Yirkov. And so I took the bus there. She told me the way to go, and you know everything was fine. I got there; it was great. Then I left. Uh, I left around I think 9 p.m. and uh, it was dark, and I had never been on this specific bus coming back. And she told me get off at Khomutov uh, Pisechna was the name of the stop. Well, I'm an idiot, and there was a stop that was just called Pisechna. And of mm. course, my stupid ass got off there. <laughs> and I look, and I got off because we were going down the street, and there was a grocery store that they also have in, in Homutov. And so I thought, oh, and that grocery store that we passed by is right on my street. Mm. So I thought, oh, sweet. I'm going to get off here, walk straight through the street, and I'm at my apartment. I get off. I check on my phone just to double check, which is a wonderful luxury if you have it and can use it when you get lost. That can also right. reduce anxiety big time. I looked at my phone, and it's like, um, the walk was 2.7 miles. So I was like, hmm, I'm not going to do this. And at first I was like, I was like, shit, it's like 9 p.m. A lot of the buses stop running at like 9.30 or 10. Right. Um, I was like, like, am I, I going to have to walk 2.7 miles? Right. And, and at first I was like, well, I got to walk. I guess I'm getting home at 10. Right. Right. And so I started to walk and I was like, wait a minute. I'm at a bus stop. There will be more buses. Mm-hmm. So I checked the bus stop and... and I waited, and it was really funny. I checked the bus stop, and then I realized a student of mine had showed me an app for the bus system here in Komutov, and I had it on my phone. So that was a lifesaver. Yeah. So also be resourceful whenever you travel, and I think that will also help cut down on some of your travel fears. Yeah. Um, And we can talk about that a little bit more later. But the last thing I want to mention, I looked up on the app, found the right bus, right? I'm standing there, and like... The, the, where the bus stop is, it's like on a highway, and it's like a four-lane highway, so it's pretty big. And there was there were still some cars going back and forth, right? And uh, and I, I I'm like, all right, I need to get on like the 141, right? Then I see it pull up on the other side of the street, and there's all these cars coming. I'm like, I'm like, shit, I, I can't get on my bus. Great. <laughs> so then I realized that was the that was where I needed to go. And so then because I missed that bus, I had to wait 30 minutes for the next bus to come. Um, so I probably would have gotten home the same amount of time had I have walked, but right, right. at that point it was cold and I was tired. So yeah. there you go. I mean, but that's, uh, that's a great, I mean, that, that everyone that's traveled abroad or to, you know, to a different city or in, in general mm-hmm. and has used public transportation has probably had that experience. We had that experience in Berlin. We were going somewhere and we that were was on, hilarious and we're like, I don't remember any of this. It's getting a little rural out here. Right. <laughs> it's like, this seems like the wrong way. They were like one stop from the end stop at the wrong direction. And, um, you know, stuff like that happens. I rem- uh, you make a great point with the landmarks, though, because I've used that, you know, even in places where, like, for example, when I was in Tanzania and I was in uh, essentially a village out in the middle of nowhere. And... Um, you know, I my my phone was not usable, and so I was just flying solo. It was it was full maps off, where I didn't even have anything to rely on, uh, just in case. Right. And what I what I like to do when I um, explore any city, this is any city that I don't know. Excuse me, because you know in Philly I can just go wherever I want. But you know, any city I don't know is is I generally walk straight, so I, I don't turn that often. And if I do, mm-hmm. I'm turning at a place. With a very distinctive, uh, very distinctive landmark. So, like, I'll mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, I've turned. I turned at this 
at this roundabout, for example, like this is actual things I remember when I was in Tanzania. Like I still remember it. <laughs> like I turned at this roundabout, or like I turned at this spot where there was these houses, then right next to it a giant open field. And so, like, and so, like, say I explore, I explored this area for I don't know two hours, and I probably turned a total of three to four times. Right. And um, and so that that is something I like to go, do if I'm going to go full maps off is is just. Don't turn that much. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. So you can yeah, keep track of all your turns. Exactly. That's a great, that's an absolutely great tip. And the other thing too is, I think a lot of people need to overcome their fears of using public transport, you know? Yes. Um, I've, I've been here now for, I think, seven or eight months. I've only been on the bus a couple of times. And with these last few months, actually what I'm hoping to do is hop on the bus more. One, because it's not very much money. Mm-hmm. I think it's like maybe $1.00. Like to, and I think that's for like an hour. So I could hop on at the beginning stop and go all the way to end stop if I wanted to, you know, and probably even, I could probably even, depending on how long the the bus route is, start at one stop and then come all the way back to that stop. And it would probably still be less than an hour. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, but I think the reason why I didn't use the bus beforehand is one, most of the things that I need, I can get within walking distance here in Komutov. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking about it when I took the bus uh, to visit my mentor. And like, there were just so many cool things I saw just on that one little bus trip. Right, right, right. And so I think to all of our listeners out there who visit a new city, take the public transportation if you can. Also walk as much as you can as well. Um, as long as the weather's okay and you have decent walking shoes, uh, I think walking is a great way to explore places. And don't be afraid to get lost and don't be afraid to take public transit. And the nice thing is, too, a lot of times with public transit, um, if you get lost or have a problem, usually somebody can tell you're kind of nervous or distressed and they might help you. Um, yeah, and or I've, mm-hmm. go back the direction you came. Exactly, exactly. And the other thing is, too, I had a friend who was actually in China uh, working there as an English teacher, and he told me he got on the bus and had to go somewhere, and uh, he told the bus driver where he needed to go, and uh, the bus driver couldn't really understand him because at the time he didn't speak very good uh, Chinese. And so then what's interesting is, and I don't think this is typical, but this just does go to show that people will try to help you. This woman who didn't speak any English called her friend on her phone who spoke English, talked to the guy, wow. my buddy, um, and then uh, you know put the phone on speaker and told the bus driver and they got everything figured out. Wow. That's obviously an extreme case, but yeah. I think a lot of times if if you are nice and and you know people I think most times people are willing to help you. Most of yeah, the time. Not so. always, but I would say most of the time. The only place I've been where people were not willing to help me, take a guess, Jared. Uh, Germany? No, Germany, I've had great people who uh, have always helped Not me. willing to help you. I don't know, the U.S., somewhere in the U.S.? No. <laughs> New York the, or something? The city of love, Paris. Oh, Paris. <laughs> yeah, nobody would help me. I got lost. I was walking around and I got lost. Uh, and uh, I had, you know, beads of sweat dripping down my face. <laughs> you know, I had to be Tears somewhere at a certain time. Probably, yeah, or, or very close to it. And nobody was willing to help me. And then finally, I wandered around enough where, once again, I, ironically... The landmark I found was Notre Dame, and that mm. helped me get home. Okay, well there you go, bring it full circle. That's a professional right. podcaster right there. That's right. Uh, another another common fear is the financial fear. Sure, um, that's usually mine. Yeah, that was that was 
uh, uh, fear is kind of a weird word because it's not a fear. Well, it's kind of was a fear, but it started off as just like a an easy way for me to postpone the trip, where it's like, oh, when I've saved up enough money, oh, when I've saved up enough money, and uh, honestly, when I booked this trip that I just did to visit you, I wasn't really in uh, in a, that much of a better financial situation than I was say a year or two ago when I, when right. I was saying that to myself. It's just. I had finally accepted, I finally accepted that I would be like spending that money, and and um, right, and you know sometimes you can't just accept that. You know some people have to actually make these, you know, have to make the decisions, but right. there's plenty you can see for cheap. Like you don't have to cross an ocean, or you don't have to, uh, you know, get on a plane to to see stuff. So right. like, I, I think that that might be a deterrent to maybe go to. Some some uh, some places, but that should not be stopping you from traveling. Oh, for sure. I mean, and and we'll we'll be having an episode in the near future with some tips about that. So stay tuned. Yeah. But uh, you raise an absolutely great point. I think so many people idealize travel as going to foreign countries and all these you know exotic places, but traveling could be hopping in your car or uh, or a friend's car, going on a little road trip. You know. Could be anywhere from half an hour, an hour, five hours. Who cares how long? But as I think as long as you go somewhere new for a little while, I would consider that in a lot of ways traveling. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and uh, like it doesn't have to be like just because the flight might be expensive, uh, relatively speaking, the actual trip doesn't have to be. Right. Uh, and we'll talk more about that later. But it really like they, once you're there, it doesn't have to be expensive. Almost um, definitely. Another the, the, common. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. The other thing I wanted to mention about the finances thing, um, you know, I think there's so many people, especially more our age, you know, millennials, where you you worry about the money, but at the same time, at the end of the day, the money will. You can replace money. You know, you can work. You can, if you had to. I, I'm not saying people should be going into debt just for a, tr- a vacation. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is. This is going to sound very cliche, but when you travel, these are things that, like, in a way, money can't buy. Like, you can't right. You can't replace, like, yes, you need money to travel, but at the end of the day, when we're old and either, either have money or don't have money, when we look back at life, I would rather look back at my life and say, you know, yeah, I could have more money saved up now maybe if I wouldn't have traveled or if I wouldn't have lived abroad for a year in the Czech Republic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those aren't the experiences that really matter to me. You know, what's what's in my bank account, yeah, it's important to survive, obviously. But at the same time, you know, you have ways to get money. You know, you can work. You I can don't. do whatever. <laughs> you could, If you wanted to, you could sell some, sell an organ, That's Jared. True, who knows right. what, you know. But but what I'm trying to say kidney, here... hit me up. Right. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here, though, is, you know, you can't really replace travel. Money right. you can replace. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely felt that way when I got back from our trip, or that was the first time I've done, you know, it wasn't a solo trip, but that was the first time I've traveled abroad, like, without my family, for example. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, when I got back, maybe for a hot sec, I was, it was a little rough to look at my bank statement and all that stuff, but honestly, I, I like... I was quickly trying to figure out how I can make this happen again. Like, when's the next, not even how I can make it happen, but when would be the next time I was going? Or I was right. like, I mean, that was totally worth it to me. Um, and if it means maybe skipping out on a couple fancy dinners here at home, I think it's totally worth it. 
Right. Because uh, those to me seem seem fleeting in comparison to to traveling. Even though I do like fancy food. Exactly. Sure. Um, another big one, I think. This is something that uh, is for me personally that I've experienced twice, and that's getting sick abroad. Yes, that's a big fear of mine too. Uh, well, one time it happened to me. One time I was just super nervous about it. In Tanzania, obviously, I was very nervous about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And, uh, like, I was very nervous about that. One, because, um, you know, I had to take the malaria... Sh- I got the malaria shots beforehand. And then they also uh, prescribe... Uh, they, meaning, like, the travel doctor that g- gives mm-hmm. the malaria shots. Also, uh, su- did I say subscribe? Prescribes. Um, prescribe. I thought you said prescribe. <laughs> uh, maybe I did. Uh, prescribes uh, Z-Packs, which are kind of like... Can you explain a Z-Pack as a former pharmacy tech? Oh geez! Isn't like it... it's just like a cure-all, to, like essentially, right. like it's just like if something goes wrong, take this and it should make you feel better for at least a short period of time. Right. I th- I don't need to explain it. You did a great job explaining. Okay. It. <laughs> and so that uh, you know, when I was in Tanzania, obviously a big no-no for someone like me coming from a uh, from Snowflake America is water. <laughs> you can't right. can't drink their water. There are a couple times just out of habit. Um, one, it, it often happened with toothbrushing. That was the yep. a couple times I uh, I never fully consumed it, but I definitely washed off my washed off my toothbrush under the sink a couple times just without thinking. And then as right. I was like halfway through brushing my teeth, I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> right. I was like, "Well, it's done now." <laughs> right. And then and then another time, also with toothbrushing, was um, rinsing my mouth out. I would uh, like I would just put my mouth under the sink and not use the water bowl without thinking and be rinsing it out and be like, oh god. And right. I mean, I never got sick, but uh, I got super paranoid. And right. I think that like one thing that it made me realize is that it's probably, you know, to be clear, don't take this to mean be you can be more careless, but it's probably harder for to get sick that way than one might think. Like, I right. think maybe I got to, like, like you, you can't just swish it around in your mouth and maybe drink, like, a pinch of it. You got to, like, you know, drink a, a cup of water maybe or something like that. Right. And, and two, like, it takes simple precautions to avoid that. Mm-hmm. Another, Absolutely. Another thing that happened to me was when we studied abroad in Austria, I uh, got an inner ear infection. And I held off, like, I was sort of in denial for the longest time of it. Um, because, you know, my ear was in serious pain, but I was like, that'll go away. It's it's the little thing. And then, like, I'd put a Q-tip in there, and my earwax was, like, straight up green. Ooh, and I was like, not a good sign. I don't think that's a good sign. Right. <laughs> and so I had to go to, uh, uh, you know, a hospital in a foreign country at, like, 2 in the morning I went. And uh, shout out to uh, Christine, T.C. Luby. Nice. Uh, she uh, nice. went with, went to the hospital with me at uh, oh that's awesome at like one or two in the morning, and we were there and um, there was someone in front of me that was like bleeding from his face, and oh, I was geez. like and I was like at, at the desk telling my problem. The guy was behind me like uh like you know like whine, whining I mean he was legitimately whining, and like please help me. And the lady's like sir. I'm helping the person in front of you. And I was like, I mean, he can go if it's like, right. I can wait a second. This right. guy's bleeding from his face. Right. Um, oh that's but, crazy. But it was, um, um, it, it made me, it, you know, it was, I was real nervous there just because it's like, you know, I hope that, 
I can, you know, luckily I was in Austria, which is a, you know, they, you know, they speak English very well in Austria. So mm-hmm. for the most part, you don't really have to concern yourself with people, right. especially a doctor, obviously. I mean, they're probably required to. Mm-hmm. But like there was definitely, I mean, and also, I'll, spoiler, my doctor spoke English probably better than I did. So <laughs> right. it wasn't a problem. But like, um, there was definitely like a concern where it's like, I hope like I explain my issues properly. I hope he understands the problem. I hope like I'm, I don't explain it wrong and he sends me off with a medication that does nothing. And right. I, and, and it's just, it, it is sort of a, and then after that, you know, I had to go to a, a apotheca, which is a, a essentially a pharmacy for those of you that don't know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get a prescription on my own. And it's just like between that, between, you know, going to the doctor, getting the prescription, not knowing like what the bill's going to be like after, which I mean, I just, it, which wasn't it, like it just it was a it was a very sort of uh, nerve wracking process. Right. And um, I can imagine that, you know, when you're in a place, you know, like Tanzania, for example, that like where you're, you're essentially doing everything in your power to avoid that. Uh, the easiest way to avoid it is not to go. But, you know, nothing happened. And and it, and I took literally the simplest of precautions. And obviously I wasn't that cautious, clearly, <laughs> right. to avoid it. And I, I came back fine. And um, I think that uh, it's it's very easy to avoid that. And, I, 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 and now that I've been to a place like Tanzania and been to a hospital in a foreign country, I don't think that that is a fear for me. Right. Right. And and I had a, I had a medical scare here as well. Um, that, that you know about, but our listeners haven't. But I'll, I'll, I'll mention it because uh, it's kind of interesting. So I'm also terrified about getting sick, especially here because I live alone. Um, mm-hmm. I've just been starting to dabble in cooking, but it's like when you're sick, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to cook for yourself. You know, you want something that's easy. You know, you know, the, the, the more time you can spend in bed and try to recuperate and get better, obviously, the quicker you'll recover. And so a, a very good friend of mine, uh, my buddy David, who's been a guest on our podcast, Pleasure shout out to David, um, uh, came down with mono. And so the, the kissing week, disease, the, 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 the kissing disease is right. <laughs> I was smooching him too much. No, not really. But um, you betcha. What's, what's, what's crazy, though, is the week before he got sick, we were in Prague together and we hadn't hung out in a while. So we were obviously drinking and we were sharing a bottle of tequila. And so, Jared, as Jared knows, but our listeners don't know, I was super I, yeah, paranoid I've heard that I would get this. mono. Super <laughs> paranoid. I even told Jared, I was like, look, man, if it gets really bad, like, you need to get, you know, what what will we do? How will we record the podcast? <laughs> knock on wood, or as they do and in the Czech Republic, they knock on their teeth. Oh. Um, uh, There's another trust little right there. Right. Um, you know, I'm fine. And what's really funny, though, is I uh, I have a checkup with my doctor here in the Czech Republic next week. Um, not, not because of that, just because, uh, I thought it would be good to get a checkup and everything and blah, blah, blah. Well, I had my, my mentor call because he speaks some English, but you know, it's easier to have her just circumnavigate everything and talk to him and check. And she told him the situation with mono and everything and literally did not hesitate at all and said, Oh, he it's, it's very, very, very unlikely that he has mono. He's 27. Most people after 25 have come in contact with the, with EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, which is what gives you mono, he should be fine. Don't worry about it. So basically, the fact that he told me, we're not even going to test you for it, you're fine, has already completely... It's crazy how how much <laughs> mental goes into sickness. And kind of like you mentioned with Tanzania, how like you were super paranoid after you swished with water, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you, had someone had told you, 
you have to, you know, swallow like a cup of water. I'm sure that would have made you feel a lot less paranoid. You know what I mean? Right. Right. But that probably then I probably would have accidentally like taken right. one sip of water or something right. like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. And uh, and I think that that paranoia, uh, maybe not paranoia, but that like that uh, cautiousness is good. Oh, definitely. Um, because you know you don't you you want to do the best you can to avoid this stuff, but you know you don't want it to. Uh, freeze you, prevent you from doing stuff just because like, exactly. this happens. Right. Can can I say a few more things related to the sickness before you move on? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing too, though, my tip for anyone traveling, keep a copy of your insurance card on you. I mean, you should have that on you anyways, um, but keep a copy of your insurance card on you. Jared's making a face. Maybe he doesn't uh, do that. <laughs> um, the other no, thing I is I, do, I would, I might, I would I also keep a copy of your insurance card somewhere on your phone. Email it to yourself. Have it somewhere in case if idea. your wallet gets stolen, you have it. Um, and also make sure to check if you're traveling abroad, check with your insurance to see if you will be covered because not all, at least in the United States, not all health insurance will cover you while you're abroad. And so, and the insurance I have right now only covers me in the Czech Republic. So mm. when we were in Berlin, had something happened, I would have been you over screwed. The border. <laughs> right, yeah. We need to get out of trade. Take me to the Czech Republic. Let's go. So I actually have two insurances while I'm here just to be covered when I travel. Um, so yeah. look into that before you go. But I think that's a very warranted fear to worry about getting sick or injured. What will happen, especially with the language barrier if you're in a foreign country. And there could even not only be a language barrier, but maybe a slight difference in culture of medicine. I know if you go to some Asian countries, the way that they will treat your um, symptoms or illness might be very different than the way we may do it in the Western world. So just be aware of those things before you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another fear that uh, I have, uh, which one should I start with? Let's go with food. Let's talk about food. Okay. Sure. Um, you and I are are known picky eaters. Sometimes I'm almost ashamed of my picky eatingness. There right. are certain stuff that like uh, that I haven't eaten that I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I'd like that. And there are some places that I would um, like to travel, say certain Asian countries, mm-hmm. and um, that is a huge fear for me. Where it's like I don't, I don't like that I'm this person, and I right. really don't want to be this person. But it's hard. But like, and and you know, the obvious answer is like, okay, then don't be. You know, <laughs> but like <laughs> right. when I'm faced with like some food that makes me uncomfortable, like I don't, I I, I want to just be able to embrace it. Sure, uh, but so that's you're easier also, said than done. For sure, you're also a picky eater. Mm-hmm. Are you are you a picky eater that's willing to try everything? Will you try everything? No, definitely yeah, not. So he, <laughs> so here here's my here's my rule of thumb. If the look or the smell or the thought of eating it makes my stomach turn. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. And, you know, I'm sure I've probably That's missed fair. out on some really delicious foods. But the thing is, if I lose my appetite by thinking about it or looking at it or smelling it, I'm not at a place mentally where I will probably enjoy it. I was in South Africa many years ago, and uh, we were uh, we went on a safari. We were kind of out in the in the bush. And for one of the meals, um, I we were eating it, and I started eating it before I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And then I found out it was ostrich, and okay. uh, which is just a bird, I guess. It's a big chicken, man. That's all it is. <laughs> but it's actually not. It's actually kind of. I thought it was beef. It's kind of a red meat. Okay. But uh, once I like heard that, like 
it didn't like it really changed my perception of what I was eating. And it was funny okay. too because like right before they said that I was eating it normally, then I was like, "Oh, this is ostrich." And was, was it like, good? It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's it's sort of like a less, um, like like a, it's like a variation of almost like a beef. To be honest with you. Okay. Interesting. Um, so it, t- it has a similar look and, and consistency to that. Okay. Um, from what I remember, at least. Um, but it is interesting how, like, just the what, like, what your perceptions in your mind can totally change. Sure. Uh, how, how food tastes, and um, I'm with you on that. Like, especially the smell thing, I guess, uh, and visually sometimes too. Right. But I really don't want to be that person. I, I would, I would li- like, because there are a lot of people like that too that will at least like take a bite of something, you know. Right. And uh, and and at least and at least accept the discomfort that they'll have for a couple uh, for a couple seconds. And I'm really trying to trying to be that person. If our if uh, if I mean there 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 is a chance that you could you could be faced with situations like this. Uh, so what's your plan? Just be like uh, <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll 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 get more into that later um because okay. I'll, I'll probably drop that announcement we'll, we'll probably do an episode about it okay but, um because i'm curious I'm, about about uh about the food food aspect of of a lot of these travels right and and so so here's the thing with me the the one thing that i'm really worried about um in terms of traveling anywhere is being served something and one it's not what i think it is or it's mm-hmm. not what i order or whatever and i have a i have kind of a crazy story of a friend of mine who was um, in Korea at the time. Uh, and as a joke, his friends ordered dog and he mm. ate it. And I can tell you right now, you know I'm a dog lover, Jared. Um, check yeah, out our Instagram good. with beautiful pictures of my parents' dog. <laughs> Is um, that what you mean by dog lover? <laughs> uh, um, no, not quite. But I can tell you right now, if I were to be served dog, and then, like mid bite, someone says, "Oh, by the way, you know, haha, that's dog." I would probably straight up vo- vomit right at the table. Uh, wow! Like I like, I don't know why. It's and who knows? It might be really delicious. I mean, it's I don't eaten think it is. in a lot of Asian countries. But um, but yeah. And one thing though that I've been invited, and I turned down the invitation. I was invited here in the Czech Republic. They have uh, in some villages they have like a big pig slaughter fest where they have this huge pig. They slaughter it in front of everybody. They drain out everything. And I was invited by a student and I was just like, look, man, I really appreciate the invite. And this is like a really interesting cultural thing, but I can't do it. Like my stomach is not strong enough to witness oh, so that. They straight up and, they they straight up slaughter it so for everyone to see. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and then it's they like make, dangling. Yep. Yep. And they make blood soup out of it. And I mean, they use pretty much everything from the pig, which yeah. I do have to say, I do appreciate. I think when we when we do kill animals for food, I do think we should use everything. Nothing should go for to sure. waste. For sure. Um, and I, I think there is something to there being a like like people. It's it's funny to me, the people that eat meat, but then also uh, like talk shit about hunters where it's like, right. I mean, ideally, that's how we all eat our meat. And there is such a. Right large disconnect between like between for most most western people there's a large disconnect between where our food comes from and like once we once we're eating it and and i think that if people were more aware of where the food's coming from 
they might one have more respect for people that are hunting their own food, right. and two think twice about the meat they're eating. This includes me, by the way. Uh, oh, like for I'm, sure. <laughs> me too. Well, did you hear about the study? They did. They did a study. I forget who it was, where they said if uh, it was really crazy. It was a bunch of Americans, and they said if. We slaughtered an animal for you to eat in the next room over. Would you still eat it? And most of them were like, yeah, okay, yeah. E- even if maybe you could, if it was a chicken, you could hear the meat cleaver coming down <laughs> on it or, or whatever. But then they said, okay, if we were to slaughter the animal in front of you, would you mm-hmm. still eat it? And most of them said no. And I would have to agree with that sentiment. Like, I don't think I could I watch an animal. Me. Really? So you, could, so you could go to the Czech pig slaughter and be like, yeah. all right, give me some of that tasty pork rib. Uh, let's let's let me be clear. I'm not interested in watching uh, a pig's neck get slit uh, and watching it bleed out. Uh, like visually, I'm not into that. <laughs> right. But I, I would hope not. <laughs> but I don't. I don't think it would turn me off from eating it, even though I don't like. I don't want to see it. But if I were to see okay. it, I, that wouldn't turn me off. Oh man, I would. I would lose my appetite big time. I wouldn't be able to do it. But yeah. Anyways, uh, I guess that about... might happen. I didn't think about that part. I didn't right. think about the losing the appetite part. Right. I mean, yeah. That. But it wouldn't. I, I might lose my appetite. I don't know. But but in theory, it wouldn't stop me from like I wouldn't be like oh my god I can't believe like I just saw this eating. Maybe I'd like get squeamish or something. Right. You know, like I can't sure. eat after just watching uh, some bleed out in front of me. But it wouldn't be right. because like I feel sorry for it. If that makes any sense. I see. I mean. I mean. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's food. Yeah, right. I feel you. Right. And so I've... I have one, Jared. Um, Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I have another big fear that I think a lot of Americans deal with because mm-hmm. there are so many Americans who are monolinguals, and that is the language barrier. I yeah. think that's a big deterrent from traveling places because they're like, oh, well. And I think that's why a lot of Americans tend to travel to Europe is mm-hmm. because the, the reputation of a lot of countries in Europe, they speak pretty good English. You go to Germany, you go to Holland or the Netherlands, you go to Sweden, you go to Finland, you go to Norway, you go to Denmark, all of those places, they speak fairly good English. You go to Austria, they speak pretty good English. If you go to Prague in the Czech Republic, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Come to Komutov, it's a different story. Um, Yeah, not many tourists in Komutov, though, I would assume. (laughs) Well, there are Czech tourists. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. But but not many American tourists. Uh, And so I just want to give our listeners a few, few little tips and tricks, because I think... Uh, the language barrier is easy to overcome or at least easy to get the bare necessities so you can travel and still be happy and have a good time. Mm-hmm. The first one, which I thought was a genius idea, I saw this guy who, uh, he's like one of those travel bloggers, I forget who it was now, but he had a t-shirt and on his t-shirt had everything you need. It had a picture of food, picture of a toilet, picture of like a like a train, picture of a taxi, <laughs> So you could wear this places, and these are like internet, more or less international symbols. And yeah, just point to them, which oh, I yeah. thought is a genius idea. That's one way to do it. I think the more 21st eh, century way yeah. to do it <laughs> is bring your smartphone with you. Yeah. Have some apps. Now, this can be tricky if you don't have data where you're at. But the nice thing is there are hundreds of dictionary apps that you can download before you go offline, and you can mm. use them while you're offline. I believe there are also some map apps you can download as well that go that run offline. I believe you can do that in Google Maps. You can download like sections of a like cities, for example, right. and uh, certain certain areas will will just be saved into your into your uh, phone. Right. And the other thing is, most not all countries, but many countries nowadays, you will be able to get Wi-Fi at many places. Mm-hmm. Most hotels, the Wi-Fi could be not so great. 
but for basic searching purposes or whatever, it's definitely usable. Right. So that's one tip about the language barrier. The other thing is to learn or write down a couple of important phrases, mm-hmm. right? And, and, you know, I even when I first came here, I had some phrases written down on my notes on my phone. And there are a few times where I just pulled up my phone and showed them and it, it, and it got where I needed. I, I think I was looking for, for something at a grocery store and I had written it down and I showed one of the workers there and they helped me with it. I went to this really cool little cafe uh, here in uh, Komutov a few days ago um, for breakfast and I wanted over easy eggs and me being an idiot, I could have just looked that up on my phone. But when I was looking at pictures of the, the cafe, they had oh, yeah. a picture of the food I wanted. <laughs> so I literally screenshotted that picture of the food and showed it to the waitress and, uh, and got the food. So take, okay. you know, screenshots, pictures, using your notes on your phone, writing things down. These are all ways to overcome the language barrier. And sometimes it can be kind of fun to try to navigate the language barrier. Yes, it can yeah. be frustrating, but it can be fun as well. I can understand why people would be not want to do that because, um, you know, they might think they look foolish or something. I'm talking about myself. Right. Uh, like, I can understand why that would be a deterrent for people. It's like, I don't want to look like an idiot or I don't want them to. But um, another thing that me and my piano teacher were just talking about yesterday where it's like, we've talked about this plenty of times, but like, like people don't do people don't make fun of people that can't speak their language like it just doesn't really happen like that right or it's like if you're struggling they're not gonna be like oh my god what an idiot right <laughs> that's just and not really gonna happen right and it's better to struggle and try than not try at all i think yeah. most people are going to be so much more receptive and warm and helpful if you try than if you don't usually yes. obviously sure. there are cases where people might be in a rush and are just like Ugh, just like there have been some times when i've been in prague and i've been trying to speak czech and they just speak English because it's more convenient, it's easier for everybody, and it's quicker. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of times, I think, where people really appreciate it. Uh, I have one more fear. Mm-hmm. When when um, when I was in Tanzania, uh, that was the first time that I've been, like, not the, sor- the sticking out in a crowd. Like, mm-hmm. I first got to the airport, and I was looking for my dad, and I thought, oh, I can't just pick out the black head in the crowd, and, uh, right. <laughs> and that's him. Uh, however... Uh, my mom, my mom was there. My mom was working. You know, she worked, she's like on a nonprofit board, and the person that she works with on that board is a white guy, and his daughter is uh, Asian. She's adopted, and mm-hmm. uh, they were getting stared at wherever they went. Oh, and I it believe was it. Such a good feeling for me personally. <laughs> okay, nice <laughs> to just walk around and not get stared at while everyone was like, "Ooh," and that is honestly, you know, at one point, at one point in my life, uh, I want to go to Asia eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I gotta, I want to hit all the continents eventually, I guess. But um, that's honestly kind of a fear for me. I don't want to be like, like a, like a, uh, a site, like an exhibit, you know. Right. And I always hear about like, you know, black people in in Asia are like getting stared at or like touching people's hair and shit. And right. I hate that. And I, I right. really, that that really kind of makes me nervous about about going to some of the Asian countries as sure. being like a spectacle. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, and, and that can definitely arise depending on where you go. And sadly, there are negative stereotypes associated with all sorts of travelers. You right, know? right. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're right. And you do sometimes have to be careful. And I think it's smart to be aware of those stereotypes. Um, yeah. Most and, yeah, yeah there's, <laughs> there's really no tip for it. It's probably going to happen. But right. there is like, yeah, there there is just, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like a, it's it's... 
It, it, yeah, I just don't want to be a spectacle. It's a weird right. feeling, you know? Right. Um, I, I actually do have a tip. Oh, you okay. just have to you just have to be patient and understand that yeah, that's you know for say. some of these people for some of these people you may be the first Asian or black or white or whatever person right. that they have ever seen before right you know right, right. Um, and and you just have to be aware of that and obviously I think the way most Westerners and most Americans would act if they saw someone is we probably wouldn't stare because that's generally considered rude. Mm-hmm. We definitely we, but you know, different cultures interact with foreigners differently, and so you just be mindful of that, and don't try not to get offended. And the other thing, when you travel in general, try to be as open-minded and accepting of things as how they are. You know, right? Um, I, I think because I, I think for a lot of people that could ruin their vacation. Like, why are people staring at me? Right. You know, right, but, right. But it's yeah. I think the last thing that I would like to mention about a fear of traveling is being afraid of having your belongings stolen, which I think is a totally warranted and acceptable fear. I think that's yeah. a totally fine fear to have, but there are definitely ways that you can avoid this. You know, one, I mean, the easiest way is have a travel buddy. That's number mm-hmm. one. But if you do go solo, I think there are also ways you can do it. As Don mentioned on uh, the last episode we recorded with him, don't put all of your money in one place. I think that's a great tip. Uh, something I read the other day, which I thought was really fascinating, was... And I don't know if this is really doable, but somebody said, I was reading this travel blogger, and she said that she keeps a couple extra bank cards with her in case one of her bank cards gets stolen so she can Ooh. activate it while she's there, which I had never thought about. But that's I a genius idea. That. I, I, don't know, I don't know what bank she had, but, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's point. really interesting. Um, yeah. Also, the other thing, too, depending on where you're traveling, what you're bringing with you, and how long you are traveling, it might be worth the investment to get travel insurance. You know, what I does remember travel insurance entail. It usually covers whatever belongings you have there. Um, huh. So if they're stolen, um, you'll have really money to replace it. them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's different types of travel insurance, but that's one of them um, as well. And I would also say, just be mindful of what you have with you, where you go, and where you have it. I I really try to. I do. I always do the the pocket check before I leave places. Yeah. When I walk in very crowded areas. I usually keep my hands in my pockets. So you would literally have to remove my hand from my pocket in order to get to any of my valuables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. None of these people are Matt Damon from Ocean's Eleven, so that's not going right. to be happening. Right. Uh, yeah. No. Um, I mean, we both know, I assume, multiple people that have gotten their stuff stolen. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the times when it's happened, I've I've, I, I've thought in my head, because I'm a nice person, yeah, I can understand how your shit got stolen. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> And it, 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 to me, I've never really been concerned about that. Like, I, I'm aware of it. Let me clarify. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's possible, but I, I've never really concerned myself with it. And, like, even and like when I traveled to Czech Republic, most of my pants that I had, like, I, I put my wallet in my back pocket like most people do. But at the very least, um, I made sure that if I was going to be doing that, it was a pocket that had, like, a button on it at the very yep, least. That's smart. Um, and so, um, you know, by the time, and, and also just a constant kind of padding of padding of the butt. Right. But you have to be careful with that because that would also, um, that would mm. give any potential thieves or pickpockets, they would right. know which pocket that is. But yeah, having a zipper or a button is a definite help. I would say zippers are definitely safer than buttons. For sure. For sure. Um, have you ever gotten anything yeah. stolen? Nope. 
Never. No, knocking, me neither. Knocking on my wood table. No. Me neither. Or I think it's because I'm always very cautious, and I'm always, yeah. I'm usually probably overcautious. That's why. That's why I like traveling with you because we tend to balance each other out. <laughs> I think. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think as long as you are aware of your surroundings, your belongings, um, and also don't make yourself a target. You know, when you travel, especially to a new place, don't don't get totally shit faced. That makes you such an easy target for anybody. Uh-huh. Uh, to take advantage of you. You know, I'm not saying don't have a good time, but just know your limits. Be be aware of what you're doing. And I also try to keep things on the low. You know, don't don't be loud. I, I try not to wear super flashy neon pink shirts or American <laughs> flag shirts. Um, Come take or, it. Or or uh, <laughs> right or a Make America Great Again hat. Like don't don't draw like unnecessary attention in, in the yourself. privacy of his own home. That's right. That's right. It matches so well with my laid back vibes shirt. What can I say? What can I say? Well, Jared, I think it's time for us to share our song of the pod. Unless you have any other travel fears you'd like to share. No, let's talk about it. And I wanted to do this song this week because we've been talking so much about a lot of scary potential things that could happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's time for us to chill a little bit, relax. Yeah, I'm I think with you. Uh, our song of the pod this week uh, uh, by Toots and the Maytals, Funky Kingston, will definitely put you in a laid-back, uh, positive mindset. First question, what's their relation to Bob Marley? Or is he just like a god over there? Bob Marley? Yeah. I mean, well, but yeah, I mean, they're completely different. They have no relation as far as I'm aware. Well, because uh, their album, one of their, there's like, uh, maybe it's just a, but I believe one of their albums like had a picture of Bob Marley in the background or something, or maybe that's just a guy that looks like him. Could could be. I mean, well, yeah, Bob Marley is super famous in Jamaica, but what's interesting is the Toots and the Maytals, I'm pretty sure, uh, actually recorded and had some big hits out before Bob Marley. I think mm. Bob Marley just had a lot more international success. Not saying that uh, Toots and the Maytals aren't internationally successful, I was super bummed. I found out they played in Prague last year while I was here. Oh, wow. And I that's didn't cool. know about it. So that's a big bummer. But uh, yeah. they're absolutely fantastic. And the way I found out about them was um, I was listening to either Bob Marley or Peter Tosh on, also a reggae artist from Jamaica, on uh, Spotify. And then either Funky Kingston or another one of their songs came up. And I absolutely loved it. Um they're actually, um, they're going to be, I'm, t- I'm on my computer right now because I want to see where, they're actually going to be uh, performing 44 minutes away from me um, on May 30th. Uh, if you're still around there, I'm just saying <laughs> you should do some do some uh, podcast homework and go there because right. I'm sure it would be a great concert. Yeah, I don't even uh, know where that's at. Anyway, one thing I liked about them, I'm not the biggest reggae fan per se. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this is this is like a more like a funkier reggae. Like it uh-huh. had like some like uh, you know it's called funky Kingston, but like it had like a almost American sort of f- sort of funk sound I- within it. I think okay. like it wasn't a fully reggae sound to me. And they okay. do claim that they're also like a ska band, which I guess ska right. and reggae are pretty similar. It's just so, ska is just I mean like in reggae a lot of for ways white it's faster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think ska is just a little faster. Okay. Usually. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, I, I like this. I like the song a lot. It, it had a good, uh, good vibe to it. You, you, you're, uh, uh, you've known about these, these, these three for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Toots and the Maytals. I've known about for probably three, four years. Okay. And it's one, one. I love the vocal harmonies. The vibe to the song is absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and uh, yeah, give it a listen. It'll put you in a good mood. It, it you, who knows? I wouldn't listen to it when you're sitting at your uh, cubicle at work bored because you're gonna want to get up and groove and dance to it. <laughs> um, but you know, privacy of your own home. Crank this bad boy up. Groove to it. Move to it. It's absolutely great. Funky Kingston by Toots and the Maytals. I um I just down uh, Anderson Pack came out with a new album the other day. And I gave it an initial listen the other day, mm-hmm. walking down the street, and I I was I, I was like move I was like walking down the street like this. <laughs> yes, you were moving it. I like it. <laughs> it was good. It's, I like it a lot. I'm actually gonna listen to it after this. But yeah, uh, I mean, it, it definitely will make you move, and I love music that does that. Um, I mean, that's the point of music, right? That's true. That's a that's very true. That's right. So check it out on our mm-hmm. Twitter, Untranslatable One. Or on our YouTube Songs of the Pod playlist, which is popping for sure, and it grows twice a week. With uh, with every episode, it grows bigger and bigger. Oh, by the way, this is unrelated, but uh, we do have a website, untranslatablepodcast.com. Check it out. Um, in in all this free time I've I've had, I've been adding more untranslatables to it. Oh, nice. Up to this point, I have all of the untranslatables that I've said at least up until episode. 50-something? 50, 50, almost oh, good 60. good work. Yeah, so uh, I'm, st- I'm going to keep going, but uh, check it out. There's a lot, you, can, you can use some of them. Whip them out if you're ever, uh, if you're ever in those countries or if you want to impress them. Great for someone. dinner parties as well. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we've used it. We had, that's how we had a great conversation with Matias. Right. From uh, oh, St- all so starting with fun. an untranslatable. That's true. Well, Jared, it's time for our check word of the pod. Mm-hmm. And our word of the pod today is strach. I'm going to guess that means fear. Yes, sir. Good job. Okay. Strach. That kind of sounds German. Mm-hmm. does a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah. Strach. Okay. It's a good one. It's a good one. Tiakui mm-hmm. uh, for the untranslatable. Neni <laughs> Oh, is that your welcome? Yeah, or like no, literally I think like no, for, for nothing or basically oh, it means okay. like it's no like, problem. Yeah, no problem. I got Forget you. Forget about it. No problem. <laughs> hey, what is what we do here? <laughs> it is what we do here, Jared. That is uh, for that's sure. very true. All so, right. uh, Jared, what check words do you remember? Ah, uh, oh, man. See, this is not a good week to ask me because I did not pay close attention last week. I don't even remember the one. You gave me a new one last week or last episode. What was the new one for the last episode? Do you remember the English equivalent? No, no. Damn it. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a new one, Jared, related to our episode today. Okay. And it is pomots. Pomots. What do you think that means? It's vacation? Is it travel related? Mm, I mean, kind of. It means help. Oh, okay. Help. So pomots? if you. Uh-huh, pomots. Mm-hmm. Pomots. P O M O C. Pomots. Pomots. And I guess I'll give you two. And you, you should actually know this one because this was a very early check word of the pod, which is pozor. Pozor. Oh, <laughs> I means remember. caution. Oh, caution. Pozor. Pozor. Your like two I was favorite walking words, around today. caution. Right, <laughs> right, no kidding. <laughs> like a lot of, there's signs that you'll see on the side of the, the train tracks. That they'll say pozor vlak, which means like mm. caution train and the light will flash when the train's coming. So there right. you go. Oh, that was one of the, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the check words that you recently gave me was train station. Oh, Okay. Uh, uh, but I don't remember what it is. I don't. Main remember. is main is Slavni. 
Hlavní chladec? No, no, no. Hlavní nadraží. Oh, right, right. Because I remember to remind me of Nastlavi. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, that's right. That's right. Well, Jared, I have a couple treats for you today. I have I have one completely original joke and one like half original. I took took a punchline and rewrote the joke. Parada. So here we go. I'm going to give you the 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 one that I rewrote um, first. Uh, so this episode's been talking about fear. What do you call the fear of giants? Mm. I don't know. What is it? Fee fi phobia. <laughs> the look on your face before before you delivered that punchline was priceless. <laughs> That's right. Fee fi phobia. For I know it's kind of stupid to explain the punchlines, but to our listeners out there who don't understand, especially if English isn't your first language, in a lot of stories and fairy tales, we say that giants say fee fi fo fum. Well, it's a very so. specific giant. It's from um, James and the Giant... Not James and the Giant Peach. No, Jack and the Beanstalk. Jack and the Beanstalk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Imagine yeah. That, that Peach, for some reason, being able to talk and say, fee fi fo fum Just rolling right. down the... <laughs> so, uh, my next one is not an original. I'll, save, I'll try to save the best for last. We'll see. But, Jared, right. what is a flat earther's greatest fear? Science. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. A flat earther's greatest fear is uh, sphere itself. <laughs> that's good. That is quite a pun right there. Right. <laughs> yep. That's a good one. Because one of our presidents, I believe it was Franklin Roosevelt, said the only thing to fear is fear itself. Oh, I thought that was JFK. May, uh, I thought it was Roosevelt. I could be wrong. Uh, All right, Jared, my last my last joke for you. What do you call a bearded tourist who is afraid of traveling? You're right, it's FDR. A bearded tourist that's afraid of traveling. Uh what is it? A scaredy Chad. <laughs> I had a feeling it had something to do with you. Yeah, but I didn't know where I was. Just gonna say Chad, but that's not that's not <laughs> right. Because in English Chad. we do say a scaredy cat. I yep. figure Chad and cat are close enough where a scaredy yeah. Chad. So there you go. I think they say scaredy cat, and I think that's a tr- untranslatable in a, another language too, or like as scared oh, as sure. a cat or something like that. Probably, most definitely. <clears throat> All right, well, Jared, I think it's time to wrap up our episode today with a quote. Okay, and I think. I think, well, I guess I have kind of two things to say to wrap our episode up today. One, I think if you have a fear of traveling, you you need to travel. Because I think anything in life that makes you a little uncomfortable, a little afraid, or a little excited, you have to do it, mm-hmm. right? I was having a great talk with, with, our, uh, with our, our, I think our first ever guest, uh, uh, Annabelle, right? Nope. Was she on Jeff, before Jeff? Jeff was, Jeff was our, Jeff first. Was our first. So our, first, second, yeah. our second guest, Annabelle, um, we were talking and she kind of said something along the same lines where, you know, if you're, if you're afraid of something, you need to go do it because it's something that your body is telling you it's past your comfort zone. And I think the beauty of traveling is being able to push out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I've had so many instances here in the Czech Republic where I have definitely been way beyond my comfort zone and I've learned a lot from it and it's really worth it. And I think the second thing to wrap up the episode would be almost any fear you have about traveling can be solved and can be overcome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And you also got to remind yourself that many people before you have done these travels with the same fears and, you know, 99% of them have turned out great. <laughs> right, right. And I think to really overcome your fears, um, arm yourself with resources and with knowledge. And as they say, knowledge is truly power. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's for sure. 
you, you can definitely limit your fears by by being a good planner and just having everything sort of prepared. And not, not not to say that you you won't uh, you know challenge yourself while you're there, but just knowing that you have a, a place to go, you you know you have you know how you're gonna you you know you're sure that you've contacted your bank and told them that you're gonna be there, so you have access right. to That's money. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. You know what your phone plan is like. I you know when I went to the Czech Republic, granted I wasn't nervous for uh, by any means, but like I had no idea what I was gonna do with my phone, and I also didn't realize how quickly you uh, how quickly it became expensive. If you you don't get the right plan. Right. And with that being said, I think even if your plans fall through or something happens, my biggest advice for all of our listeners out there is be calm. I know Mm -hmm. it can be stressful. I know it can be frustrating. You may want to scream. You may want to cry. But try your best to stay calm most of the time. That will really help you solve any potential problems you may have while traveling. So we would love to hear some of your Uh, travel fears and how you've overcome them, or if you want some help on overcoming them, let us know at untranslatablepodcast at gmail.com. Slide into our DMs, untranslatable1 on Twitter, where you can also find our songs of the pod and all sorts of Jared's interesting and funny wit on Twitter. And also uh, check out our website, untranslatablepodcast.com. We have episode links up there on translatables, all sorts of cool stuff. So we know you will love it. And as usual, we just want to say how much we appreciate all of your support. Um, Make sure to give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher if you have not yet. We would really, really appreciate it. That would be absolutely fantastic. Send us Untranslatables if you have any. And as we say here at the Untranslatable Podcast, Yekuyeme. Yekuyeme.